Hey y'all. Ooh, look at this head. Hello, hello, hello. Come on, curls popping. So I just washed my hair. I haven't washed my hair in over a week. And I have a speaking engagement today and tomorrow. No, I'm lying. I have a speaking engagement today and on Saturday. So I'm like, you know what? Let me fix my hair. And I wanted to get on and talk to y'all about some financial literacy stuff while I also twist my hair. Hey, Selena. Hey, girl. So while I twist my hair, um, like I said, I want to talk to y'all about some financial literacy stuff. If y'all have been keeping up with me on IG, y'all know this past four weeks, I taught a financial literacy class at Ashley Hall, which is a school in Charleston. And when I tell you that experience was so good for me, it was so good because it just made me realize like how, how important the work, no, how, how am I trying to say this? The work that I'm doing is really important. So I knew going into it because I was teaching sixth grade, I wasn't necessarily going to talk to them the same way I talked to y'all, like y'all grown adults, but it's basically the same information. So I went in with the mindset of, okay, I'm just going here to sow seeds. And even though they may not use this information right now, later on, what they're going to do is reflect back on the time when Miss Kiani said, it's more to your money than just making it, spending it and barely saving it. So I taught them for four weeks long and it was just so good. And I think about all of like the work that I've been doing and I'm like, what if I had something like this when I was in sixth grade? What if I had something like this when I was younger, period? I didn't know a thing about money until I became a grown behind adult. So today I want to talk to y'all just about the importance of financial literacy and why it's so important to take your finances seriously. Like just straight off the gate, I think that the most important thing is being financial literacy, being financially literate, it gives you options. It gives you options. Now, I know it's plenty of us on this live right now. We actually know people and it's probably been a point in our lives, even right now, where there were certain things that we could and could not do because of money. And it's like, yes, you have your seasons of sacrificing. You have your seasons where, you know, you're working, you're building, you're trying to maintain, you're preparing for the future, all of that good stuff. But at the same time, we can't spend our money just as fast as we get it. It has to come, it has to come to a point where we're like, okay, this is what I got coming in and this is how I need to manage this money. And I don't care. I will die on this hill, y'all. It is not about how much money you make. It's about what you keep, how you can make it grow, and how you can make it literally work for you. Work for you. Sometimes we are just so caught up in instant gratification. And that instant gratification is killing our bank accounts. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. And I know for a fact I used to suffer from instant gratification. Now, baby, I think real hard. And it's not even about limiting yourself or anything like that it's just about being more conscious of your spending thinking about like okay if i'm saying yes to this then i'm saying no to something else that's just what it is one of my homegirls matter of fact not even my homegirl for real my sister 
my older sister Tata, that girl loves traveling. She loves traveling. So she don't mind spending $600 on a flight. But if we're going shopping or something, she will think twice about buying $600 worth of clothes. So you have to think about what's important to you. What do you value? Because it's not me just getting up here, you know, telling y'all what to do. Like, y'all are grown adults. And I don't tell grown people what to do with their money. But what I will do is give you the education to make informed decisions. So, a.k.a., like, okay, you have this money. Most of us, we get paid. So, that's where our income comes in at. We pay our bills. Okay, cool. Kudos to you. And then after you pay your bills, it's like, okay, now what else can I get? What else can I buy? What liability can I put my money into? For those listening who may not know what a liability is, this is exactly how I explain to my sixth graders. Liabilities are things that take money out of your pocket. They depreciate in value. So like a car. So I have a car payment. That is a liability. Every single month, I have to to pay that car payment. And it's taking money out of my account. Period. If you have student loan debt, that's a liability. Credit card debt, liability. Anything that is taking money out of your pocket on a consistent basis, that is a liability. Versus an asset. An asset is something that you own, something that is of value, and something that puts money into your pocket. So earlier when I said like your car is a liability, well, your car can also be an asset. Somebody say, how Keanu, or can y'all put in the comment, how can, how, put in the comments, how can your car also be an asset? Let's test the people. How can your car also be an asset? Selena said, thanks. Refreshing moments. Good morning. Good morning. How can your car also be an asset? Anybody want to take a guess? I'm going to give y'all a few more seconds before I say it. Even though your car is a liability, my car is a liability. Everybody that owns a car, it's a liability, but it can also be an asset. How can it be an asset? <laughs> Selena said how. I want y'all to take I want y'all to take a stab at it. If an asset is something that puts money into your pocket, it is of value and you own it, how can your car also be an asset? It will get you to work to make money. Absolutely. Yes, that's right. So another thing, we live in a day and age, y'all, where Uber is booming, Lyft is booming, DoorDash is booming. Um, What's the other thing? Instant Cart, where people go shop for you. All of these are different ways to make money. So if you are using your car to, let's just say, Uber or Lyft. I know people who Uber and Lyft and they make $500 in a weekend, depending on where you live. Even though your car is a liability, that is one way that it can also be an asset because it is putting money into your pocket. It is bringing money in. So remember, with assets and liabilities, assets are things that you own, things that are of value, and things that add money into your pocket. Liabilities, on the other hand, are can also be things that you own, but they depreciate in value and they take money out of your pocket. So earlier when I said we go to work, we make our income, 
we pay our bills and then we go find a, a liability to put our money in. I want us to change our mindset around that. For one, when you get paid, the first thing, the first thing that I want you to get into the habit of doing is saving. It's saving. If you are a believer, of course, pay your tithes first. You give first. After that, you need to pay yourself. Pay yourself first. Long gone the days of saying, I'm about to pay my bills and I'm going to splurge and I'm going to save later. Y'all, it doesn't happen. It does not happen. So if you could just get your saving out of the way first, there will never be a time where your savings account is looking crazy unless you save the money and you're always dipping into it. You need to get in the habit of saving first. So let's talk about it as if we about to get paid because y'all know the first is right around the corner. Um, let's see what y'all said. Celine said, because you aren't paying on the car, you are putting it somewhere else. Yes. So if you don't have a car payment anymore, yes, that is true. You're, you're freeing up more of your money. So um, in that case, like your car would still be looked at as a, as a liability. But if you are using your car to make money, like Uber, Lyft, Instacart, any of those sorts, then yes, your car can also be an asset. Uh, wait a minute, get off my road because I stay in my savings. <laughs> Y'all already know, as a responsible homegirl, I do not judge, I do not shame or anything like that, but I will keep it real. I will tell you how it is because many of us out here, we want to do, we say we want to do different with our finances, but that's not always true. But anywho, let's talk about if you're getting paid on the first, right? So the first is here. The first is next Monday, I think, actually. And you get paid. So y'all know I tell my community, every single time you get paid, you need to budget. We are not creating these cookie cutter monthly budgets if you do not get paid monthly. Your budget is simply your financial GPS. It is your way of telling your money where you want it to go, what you want it to do. If you do not tell your money what you want it to do and where you want it to go, guess what's going to happen? It's going to chill in your savings account. And as it chills in your savings account, eventually it will just dwindle away. You may not spend it tomorrow. You may not spend it in two weeks, but eventually it will get spent. Ask me how I know. Everything that I share with y'all is from past experience. It's not nothing that I Google. It's not nothing that, you know, I got from a textbook. I didn't even go to school for financial education or for personal finance. These are things that I've lived through. These are things that people that I've worked with lived through. Money is not, or managing your money is not even about the money itself. It's really about your mindset and your behavior. So what is it that you believe about your money that has you operating in whatever way that you're operating in. When I was blowing my refund checks and partying and buying a new outfit for every function and all of this type of stuff, I had no regards to the value of money and what money could do for me. I thought that, you know, having money was having a good time. That was my belief around it. And that was all good and dandy until I was facing eviction. So let's be real about it. Do you just want to have, you know, enough money to barely make it, to barely get by? When you go on a vacation, you're doing a bare minimum. You're doing just enough, just satisfied enough. No, let's, let's change that. Let's change our mindset around it. But now let's get back to if you get paid on the first. 
when you get paid on the first, this is your time to budget. This is your time to make a plan for your money. Make a plan for your money. That's all budgeting is. It's not about restricting yourself. It's not about saying, I can't do this or I can't do that. No, it is about planning. Planning what you are going to do until you get to the next paycheck, right? So it's August 1st. You got your paper out and you're ready to budget. I'm a pen and paper type of girl. Um, I don't think that there's anything wrong with budgeting apps or budgeting online. You have to do what works best for you. Just like I'm twisting my natural hair right now. When I first started my natural hair journey, I could not like compare my journey to what other people had going on with their natural hair. I couldn't say, oh my gosh, I wish my hair was softer or I wish this or I wish that. No, I had to figure out what works best for my hair so that my hair could be cute and I could be confident when I you know, step outside. Same thing with your personal finance journey. You have to figure out what works best for you. Just because I give you, you know, some tips, some gems, some education, you are not going to be able to know if it works or not for you until you actually try it out. It's all about experimenting. So like I said, I'm a pen and paper type girl. You may feel like, mm, I'm not digging this pen and paper. I need me an app or something. Do what works best. So we got our pen and paper out. The first thing that we need to write down is income. What did you get paid? We know that very well. What did you get paid? If you take your notes, write this down. Income, income. What did you get paid? Just for this pay period, just for this paycheck, what did you get paid? The next thing that you want to do, I would draw a line in the middle. I should have had this front here. Oh, perfect. I would draw a line in the middle. And then on the other side of that paper, I will put expenses, your bills. This is where it is time for you to go through your bank statements, go through your credit card statements. If you have any bills that's getting paid on your credit card. Y'all, when I used to do one-on-one -on -one budgeting sessions, I cannot tell you the number amount of people who did not know what was coming out of their account on a monthly basis. So when we think about bills, we think about stuff like, you know, my rent, my light bill, my water, my Wi-Fi, my car payment, things like that. But what about them subscriptions, sweetheart? What about Apple Music? What about Tidal? What about um, Amazon Prime? What about... Y'all know these subscriptions. One of my clients had like a curl box or something, some sort of beauty box. I'm like, girl, do you even use this for real? So this is the time to go through your bank statements and you need to look at every single thing that is coming out reoccurring on a monthly basis. I don't care if it's 99 cents from Apple storage. Y'all know Apple always trying to get us with that storage. If you pay 99 cents a month, you need to write that down under the bills column, under your expenses column. Every single bill, every single bill. This is going to help you understand what you have coming out on a monthly basis. Not even counting what you spend on food, what you spend on groceries, what you spend on gas. Y'all, I'm not even, I don't even want to get into what I be spending on gas. Okay, so all of this is not even counting your discretionary spending. So we just on bills right now. And if y'all have any questions while I'm explaining this, drop them in the chat and I will be sure to answer. But I want to talk about what you should do on payday. The first is right around the corner and this is something that is easy and that you can implement ASAP. 
So you don't wrote your, you wrote your um your income down, what you got paid, all the way down to the penny, what you got paid. The next thing that you want to do is write down your expenses. What comes out on a monthly basis? So once you wrote down what comes out, the date that it comes out, just for that pay period, right? And how much it is. Now it's time to ask yourself some some questions. Is there anything that I can cut back on? Do I use this for real? Is this worth me paying for every single month? Ask yourself those questions. Do I use this? Is this worth me paying for every month? Is there another way that I can get creative with this? I'm sorry. I am not going to have every screen, every streaming service there is to have. Mm-mm. If me and my homegirls, we can't all pay for one and share our passwords, what are we doing? There's no way I'm spending $100 a month in subscriptions. I don't even watch TV for real. No, I'm not doing it. So let's get creative with what it is that we're doing. Ask yourself the hard questions. Most of the times we just letting stuff come about come out of our account with no regard to if we're actually using it or not. And to if we, you know, if it still like, you know, adds value to our lives in some sort of way. So make sure you ask yourself those hard questions. So the next thing. If you can cut back on some areas, if you plan to get rid of some subscriptions, do it right then and there. I will put a star beside it. I will highlight it, and I would get rid of the uh, get rid of the, get rid of the subscriptions right then and there. You do not want to let another month go by with you still having a subscription. So take a note of it. Put a star beside it. Highlight it. Do something and get rid of it. Okay. Y'all do know that $10 a month is $120 a year. So even though it's like, oh, this is just $10. But where else could that $10 go? Could you not buy a fractional share of Amazon every single month? Let's be real about it. I can't afford a, a whole Amazon share, which is like last time I checked, which was a couple of months ago, it was like $2,000 and something dollars. I can't afford to buy a whole share. But baby, please believe I have plenty of fractional shares. Yes, you can buy $10 worth of Amazon. So you got to think about this in a, a wealth, building wealth mindset perspective. If I get rid of Netflix because my homegirl has Netflix and we can share passwords and I have Hulu and she can get my Hulu password. Now this $14.99 or this $10 that I just freed up. It's something else that I could put this towards. I could put this $10 toward buying a book that I've been looking at that I want to invest in. I could put this $10 toward buying a fractional share of Apple. Those of you who out there who got iPhone, Apple Watch, AirPods, um, Mac, literally everything up under the sun, Apple. You love the company, but you're not invested in it. Make it make sense. Make it make sense. And this is not from a place of judgment. I want you to be aware of it. So when I say wealth conscious, that's all it's about. It's awareness. Awareness of it. 
So we got our, our income written down. We have our expenses down. We've already asked ourselves these hard questions. Okay, is there anything I can cut back from? Is there anything I need to get rid of? Now, the next thing that you need to do, this is where I, I would say it gets fun. This is the planning part. So there are only four ways to use money as a tool. For short, I call it SSIG. This is the same way I taught my kids. This is the same way I teach everybody in my community. You need to understand there is more to money than just making it. We know how to go to work, spending it. We definitely know how to spend the money and barely saving it. Meaning we save whenever we feel like it and we don't even do it consistently. There is more to money than just making it, spending it and barely saving it. So key, what more is there to do with money? S-S-I-G. The first S stands for save. This is what we should be doing before anything else. Save. Unless you pay your tithes like me. <laughs> I always got to put that disclaimer out there. Save. Kiani, what should I save? I would highly recommend saving anywhere between 10 and 20% of your income. Whatever you feel comfortable doing. Between 10 and 20%. If you feel like that's a bit much for me right now, that's okay. Start with what you can. On every single Saturday, I encourage my community to save at least $20. For the um, rest of the year, we're turning it up a notch. So we're saving until we get to 100. So 20 this week, 40 um, the week after, 60, 80, 100 till we get to 100. And then we're starting right back at 20. But even if you can't do that, it's okay. Don't y'all know if you save $20 for 52 weeks, so for one whole year, you save $20, you will have over $1,000 in your bank account. And 70% of Americans don't have that. They do not have that in their bank account for an emergency. There may be somebody on this live right now who does not have $1,000 in your savings account for an emergency. And guess what? It's okay. It is okay if you don't have it right now but guess what there's something that you can do about it and you can start off with saving a minimum of twenty dollars a week so if you follow me you'll get reminders i don't always post reminders but i do always email reminders so if you're not on my email list go to the responsiblehomegirl.com get on my email list and all of my people all of my homegirls all of my homeboys all of them get reminders every single saturday to save because oftentimes we just forget. We forget about it. So you want to make sure that you are saving before any, anything. That is the first way to use money as a tool. The next way, the second S, is spend. So remember, four ways to use money as a tool. For short, I call it SSIG. The first S is save. The second S is spend. Now, with your spend column, this is where I would label, for one, I would put my bills under this column and I would just label it. Bills, let's just say your bills are, for this pay period, $1,500. So you put bills, a dash, and then $1,500. Now, this is also the time to allocate more money to this column. So now you need to think about, what do I on average spend on gas? What do I on average spend on food? Or if you want to actually give yourself parameters around it, that's okay too. You can say, okay, for this pay period, I am only spending $50. Not, not 50 because gas high, baby. 
let's just say 80 i am only spending 80 dollars on gas so when this 80 dollars run out it's time for me to sit myself down that is not my preferred way of um planning out my money because i just think that things happen and if you go over then what my method is just to look at your patterns and the way you look at your patterns is by going through your bank statements figuring out what do i typically do because what you typically do is kind of like a prediction of what you will probably do in the future but if you want to switch some things up like in may y'all i looked through my um bank statements and i saw that it wasn't even the month wasn't even over yet and i had already spent 400 dollars eating out i'm like okay baby press your brakes <laughs> press your brakes because just because you have it here that does not mean every single time you get hungry you get to just go out to eat and not cook no ma'am we're not even about to do that so even me as your responsible homegirl i still have to check myself i still have to go back to the drawing board and be like okay kiki you're doing a bit too much sis you're doing a bit too much and in my lifestyle budgeting ebook i go over spending habits and basically how to track that and basically how to be more aware of what it is coming out of your account so you can make better decisions in the future so if you're listening right now if you're on this live or if you're going to listen to the replay later on my lifestyle budgeting ebook i would say is a great place to start uh, for those who know they need help manager managing their money without the stress attached so we talked about saving we talked about spending the next area i would say is investing investing now i know when we hear the word invest we automatically think of the stock market my beautiful people the stock market is a investment vehicle meaning it is one way that you can invest but investing as a whole is such a broad term and there are plenty of ways for you to invest you can invest by starting your own business. You can invest in your self-education. One of my favorite ways of investing because I just believe um, applied knowledge is power. So you can invest in your self-education. You can invest in the stock market. You can invest um, for retirement. You can invest by starting your own business. So many ways to invest. Stock market is just an investment vehicle. So when you get to this area, this is your time to think about your future. What is it that you're working towards? What is it that you want to learn? What goals have you put out there that you need to work on that's going to take a monetary investment? So if I want to learn something new and I've been following this person on Instagram for a little minute and they have the information that I desire. They got a course out or they got an ebook. Okay, look at how much it costs. And if you're ready to make that investment, put that under your invest column. So for an example, if you're listening right now and you're like, okay, Kiani is on the back of my neck about this budgeting and getting myself together. What do I need to do? Lifestyle budgeting, dash, $27. It is an investment. It's an investment. That's an investment in your self-education. And then it can trickle down into other things. If you've been procrastinating for the longest and you know you want to start this business. And all it takes is X amount of dollars to get started. That's an investment. Put down how much it takes to start. Put that under your column. And let's get to it. 
If you've been saving for it, let's get to it. And then our last column, remember there are four ways to use money as a tool for short SSIG. Save, spend, invest, and the G stands for give. The most slept on one, give. What are you giving this pay period? Are you going to give to your favorite charitable organization? Are you just going to surprise, you know, one of your friends or family members with lunch? Are you going to give extra to your church? What are you going to do? What are you going to give? It's about to be back to school. Are you going to sponsor a child? Maybe buy them a book bag and some school supplies? Like, give for real. Be generous. Be generous. Most of us, we are holding on so tight to our money. And the same fist that you got, not letting no money out, how can money come in? It's the same thing. If you are doing this with your money, you don't want no money to come out. How can money come in? Make it make sense. So I want us to get in the habit of giving. Get in the habit of giving. And I'm not even going to tell you what's going to happen. I want y'all to report back to me and tell me what happened. And we're not giving to get. We're giving to be in a position to give more. Because that's exactly what's going to happen. As you give, you're going to have more to give. Give to give. Give to give. So, if you are listening right now, you get paid on August 1st. I hope that this was very, very, very helpful for you. I want to do a quick recap. Because I think it's important um, to just get this through your mind. And the more you repeat it, the more you do it, the easier it will become for you. When you get paid, it should just come second nature. Okay, it's time for me to budget. Second nature. It's time for me to budget. Because from your budget flows every single thing. Your investments, your credit score, your financial future. It all starts with your budget. Many people out here with these horrible credit scores... Because they don't pay their because like one area is they don't pay their bills on time, it goes back to budgeting. You prioritize something else over paying your bills. And then after a while, after 30 days, it reports to the credit bureaus. So everything dealing with your finances, it starts with budgeting. And this is why I'm so passionate about just budgeting your money and managing your money and sowing seeds because the foundation is everything. Yes, I know it's a lot of people out there who want to um, invest in the stock market and start their own business and do this and do that. All of that is good and dandy. But once you get the money, what are you going to do with it? Once you manage the money, once you budget the money, what are you going to do with it? Most of us, we are so focused on getting more money, which is okay. That's me too. But at the same time, I am managing what I already have well, period. I am managing what I already have well. So just a quick recap. And if y'all have any questions, please drop them in the comments below so I can answer them for you. And y'all can start budgeting. So just a quick recap. Once you get paid on the first, the first is right around the corner. The first thing you want to do is budget. Write down your income. Draw a line. Write down your expenses, your bills, what comes out on a monthly reoccurring basis. So no matter what, this is coming out monthly. What is that? 
write down every single thing that comes out during this pay period and how much it costs. So most people, they pay their rent on the first, so rent would be there. So the first rent and then however much your rent is. So you want to write that down. After you have your whole entire list of what comes out this pay period, not the entire month. Y'all, we are doing one pay period at a time. Once you have that written down, the next thing that you want to do is ask yourself some tough questions. Is there anything that I can cut back from? Is there anything that I can get rid of? Is there anything that does not add value to my life that I am consistently paying for? This is the time where I need you to go through your bank statements, go through your credit card statements, and look at what is coming out of your account on a reoccurring basis. So after you do that, if you are getting rid of anything, if you are cutting back, highlight it, put a star beside it, do something that signifies that you're getting rid of it, and then actually get rid of it after you finish budgeting. You do not want to procrastinate and put it off and end up not doing it and have to pay for it again next month. So make sure you do that. After you have written those down, the next thing I would do is look at my spending habits. While you have those big statements open, go ahead, look at your spending habits. What do you typically spend on gas? What do you typically spend eating out on food? What do you typically spend on groceries? This is going to help you when you start budgeting your money and planning for it. Okay? So income, expenses, spending habits. Now, there are four ways to use money as a tool. For short, we call it SSIG. The first S is save, spend, invest, and give. Four ways to use money as a tool. Save, spend, invest, and give. Period. Now, if you are, you know, pretty good with your finances and you're like, okay, um, I don't know, like, or not even good. If you're just like, you're trying to plan out and you don't really know what you want to spend money on because that has been a struggle for some of my clients in the past, I always refer them to their financial goals. What goals do you have? What goals are you working towards financially? Do you want to pay off your car quicker? Do you want to pay off this credit card debt? Do you want to start saving to start your own business? Do you want to start investing in the stock market? What is it that you want to do? So your financial goals is a great way to kind of plan out what it is that you want to do with your money. Do you have a trip coming up? Do you want to plan a trip? I want y'all to remember that budgeting is not about restricting yourself. It's all about planning. It's all about planning. So that's all I got. I was just reflecting on my time teaching my girls um, just about financial literacy. And being there, it showed me like this is so important. And it's never too early to start learning about money. Maybe if some of us learned about money a little bit earlier, we would be in different positions. But guess what? It's never too late to get it together. It is never too late to get it together. If you're listening right now and you identify with any of the things that I've been saying, I need you to go to the responsiblehomeware.com and purchase my lifestyle budgeting ebook. It will change your life. I promise you, it will change your life. If you read the book, apply what is inside of the book, it will literally change your life because this is your foundation. 
And in order to build a strong financial foundation, you have to know how to budget. You have to know how to manage your money. I don't care what anybody says. It's not about how much you make. It's about what you can keep and how you can make it grow. So go to theresponsiblehomegirl.com and purchase the Lifestyle Budgeting ebook. It is only $27, which is nothing, honestly. I made it affordable where anybody could buy it, no matter what you're going through, whether you got money in your account or you're barely making it. You have $27. And if you don't have $27, guess what I have? Plenty of free content available for you on YouTube, on podcasts, on Instagram. Like, there is no excuse as to why you can't budget your money better. So, let's make our budgets a part of our lifestyles and let's get to it. And as we budget what we have... We'll definitely put ourselves in a position to earn more money and budget it well. Because sometimes when people don't know how to budget and they start making more money, they get lifestyle inflation. So lifestyle inflation is basically like, okay, I'm making more money, so I'm spending more money. So you can't even see the difference in your income because you're spending it just as fast as you make it. Has anybody been there before? Let's be real about it. Let's be real. The last thing I'll say before I end this live, and if y'all have any questions, put them in the, um, the comments below. The last thing that I'll add is what I said earlier. Most of the time, we think we're out here fighting financial battles. And managing your money is not even about the money itself. It's really about what you believe and how you behave. So what do you believe that your money could do for you? What do you believe? What do you believe about the value of money? Because all of this determines how we spend our money, what we do with our money, all of it. So don't look at it as, oh my gosh, I'm just bad with money. Like, no, I feel like that's a cop out. Because I didn't wake up like this. I learned this. I practiced this. And then I started teaching y'all. So I know it can be done. Because I was not always the responsible homegirl. I was the leader of the irresponsible homegirl. Literally the leader of the irresponsible homegirls. I was not always here. But it took me being or getting sick and tired of being sick and tired. I literally just told my friends this on um, this latest podcast episode. We were recording for the merch that just came out. Check out my merch. We only have it in black though for right now. But... We're recording for the release of the merch. And both of them were basically saying the exact same thing. Like, I like to spend my money now. I like to live for the moment. Like, I'll save later. I can't take this money with me. Blah, blah, blah. All of this stuff. And like I say, I will never judge anybody because I've been there before. But I reached a point in my life where I got sick and tired of being sick and tired. I did not want to live paycheck to paycheck. I did not want to ever face eviction again. Like, do y'all, can y'all imagine, like, the stress that I experienced not being able to pay my rent and being so prideful that I didn't want to call my mom? And I'm pretty sure there's somebody on this call, probably somebody on this live, that have gone through worse, which is okay. We all have different pain tolerance. We all have different stress tolerance. And that just wasn't one for me. I did not like how that felt. 
And I said, I will never, ever, by my own responsibility, be here again. No. Because I know for a fact, if I had done something different with my money, that I would have not been in that place. So that's another part of your personal finance journey. You have to take accountability for your decisions. And stop just saying like, oh, I've never been taught this. Or, oh, I'm not good with my money. Or... Nobody cares. Let's be real about it. Nobody cares for real. The thing is, you just have to say, okay, this is where I'm at. And these are the steps that I am taking to be better. And it's not about being perfect. It's just about progressing over time, getting better over time. I just told y'all, even as a responsible homegirl in May, I looked at my account and May wasn't even over yet. And I had spent over $400 eating out. So even me, I don't get it right all of the time. It's not perfect all of the time. But guess what? I know if I need to start back at square one, it's easy for me to do because I have the education. And once you have the education and you follow through with action, y'all, nobody can stop you. And that's not even just with your finances. That's with every area of your life. Nobody can stop you. Education, action. Education, action, education, implementation. My favorite word, one of my favorite words is execution. A lot of us talk a good game, but we're not willing to execute. Will you execute? Execute. I tell y'all on every single podcast episode, with exposure, execution, and consistency, there is nothing that you can't do. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. And that's really what the Responsible Homegirl is built on. Exposure. I expose y'all to new information. I expose y'all to business owners. I expose y'all to just newness. It's a part of what I do. It's a part of my content. Exposure. I want to expose people to things that they may not have been exposed to before. Execution. Y'all see me executing in my personal finances. Y'all see me executing in my business. So I encourage you to execute. Every time I post something, every time I produce a new podcast or I come out with merch or I do something, that's me executing on what God put on my heart. Every time I execute, I put out a planner or I do something. I have a speaking engagement. That is me executing. So by me showing you that I execute, hopefully that is encouraging you and inspiring you to execute. Because nobody is just going to give you your dream. Nobody's going to give you the financial freedom that you want. You have to execute. You have to execute. And then last but not least is consistency. I call myself the queen of consistency. But guess what? I wasn't always the queen of consistency. I used to make every excuse in the book as to why I didn't show up. Oh, I don't feel like it. Oh, this is too much. Oh, I got other stuff to do. Let's be real about it. I need to get out of my shirt. Let's be real about it. Let's be real about it. We make up every excuse in the book to not be consistent. When consistency will always win. Always win. So when you consistently save, baby, that savings account is going to look beautiful. When you consistently budget your financial goals, you're going to smash them. When you consistently pay your bills on time, baby, the credit score is going through the roof. When you consistently use your credit card the way that it's supposed to be used, credit score through the roof. When you consistently show up for yourself, the business will grow. When you consistently invest, your investment account will grow. 
consistency is the name of the game. And that's in every single area of your life. It's the name of the game. So, yeah. That's my my tea for y'all this morning. I need to start back going live more consistently, honestly. I haven't been live in a long time. This live will be uploaded to the podcast for your listening pleasure if anybody did not um, get to see it from the beginning. I will upload it. I'm not sure if I'm going to save it. I may save it. I may still save it on Instagram. But yeah, that's all I got for y'all. Let me see if anybody says something in the comments. If you have any questions or any comments, please put this, please put it in the comments below. Let me know if this was helpful for you. Um, let me know if you want me to talk more about just personal finance budgeting in general or what other personal finance topics you want me to talk about because I want um I really want y'all to be more engaged with me, more in tune with me. And I am open to all feedback. So put it in the comments before I end the live. And we just gonna go from there. While y'all are thinking of some thoughts, um, I just want to say thank you so much for rocking with me. I cannot believe that I still get to just do all that I'm doing. Do all that I'm doing. And I find so much joy in it. Like speaking and teaching and exposing people to new information, being an inspiration, showing people what can be done. It's just... It feels so good. And I'm literally just at the beginning. Just at the beginning. Did anybody put anything in the comments? Let's see. No? Okay, well, I don't see anybody um, commenting anything. Thank y'all so much for rocking with me. I appreciate y'all. And like I always tell you, with exposure, execution, and consistency, there is absolutely nothing you can't do. Lock in, lock in, lock in. We still have plenty of time left in 2022 to make it happen. I believe in you. I know that you can do it. But most importantly, do you believe in yourself? Do you think that you can do it? Not even think, do you know that you can do it? You have to have the strong knowing, the strong conviction. So that's all I got for y'all today. Thank you so much for rocking with me. Next time I go live, invite a homegirl, invite a homeboy, invite somebody because they need this good information too. But I'll see y'all soon. Have an amazing Thursday. Bye.